This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, let's talk about some amazing technology deployed recently at the Abbotsford International Air Show. It's all about detecting drones flying in the airspace around the show. Everybody knows that flying these remote-controlled drones around airports can be a real problem. We've seen lots of different incidents all around the world. Imagine the potential trouble at a huge air show with these drones. Well, now there's some amazing new tech that can identify and track these drones. It was deployed at the Abbotsford Air Show. Let's talk about it now with my guest, Philip Reese. He's the CEO of Indro Robotics. I'm very pleased to welcome him. Hi, Philip. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming on. Let's talk briefly, first of all, about the threat or, or problems that are posed by these drones. What is, the, what is the problem or the threat with these things flying around an air show or an airport? Uh, well, as you can imagine, they can be used by um, any level of person. You can go down and buy one of these drones from Best Buy and have it up in the air within about 20 minutes. And whilst there's lots of regulations around what you, where you can and where you cannot fly, um, they can be quite easily ignored, as we saw at Gatwick and Heathrow earlier on this year, uh, last year, and at other other um, air shows where, if you imagine, you've got lots of very fast, very cool, low-flying aircraft with a big crowd of people underneath them. And then if somebody goes and throws up a drone in the middle, even just the distraction that it might cause to a pilot, let alone the fact of an impact that might happen, you can imagine it could be fairly catastrophic. Um, so this technology really removes that risk. Yeah, and is is there a, a temptation by people who are drone enthusiasts to fly these things near an airport? Are they are they looking to get like dramatic video footage of airplanes coming in or something? Like, why would someone why would someone choose to fly one of these things around a, an airplane? Um, I think there was a lot in the early days where you know people just didn't know better, and obviously to get a photograph of a of an aircraft coming in to land is very cool. But I don't think there's very many people in, in out there now who can honestly say that they think that's a good idea. So there is it's mostly mischief or, um, you know, perhaps somebody get with a drone that gets out of out of control on them and they're not really sure how far it can fly. So it, it's more the mischief factor. And we've seen a lot of that, you know, with the wildfires, for example, people are flying their drones up around the wildfires, which means the helicopters can't get in to put out the fire. Oh. So that's that's definitely mischief. Yeah, okay, definitely, for sure, and dangerous as well. Okay, so let's talk about some of this technology that you're involved with here at Indro Robotics. Uh, tell me about this uh, this unit that was deployed at the Abbotsford Air Show. It's called an Aeroscope, right? It is indeed, yep. So uh, Indro Robotics are um, primarily a drone company. We make and manufacture drones and provide them to people. Um, and we saw the, the great uptake of these by all sorts of industry and policing, and the, the natural follow-on from that is, how do we stop these drones from getting where they shouldn't be? Um, and that's really when we started to invest in the new technology, buying in stuff from abroad, but also developing our own here. And this, this particular uh, aeroscope that we had deployed at, uh, at Abbotsford Air Show, it's simple to put up. It mounts on a tripod. You can have it up and running within 20 minutes. It's weatherproof, so you can leave it out there. And it can detect drones out to, well, in this instance, it's actually picking up drones all the way down in the U.S., about 25 kilometers away. It can pick up wow. multiple drones at the wow. same time. And, uh, and the beauty of not just picking up the drone, which obviously it's important that, you know, it tells us where the drone is and how high it is and where speed it's moving, 
it can also tell us where the pilot is who's flying that drone. So there, if, it, if it's getting in the wrong way, now in Canada, you're not allowed to bring down a drone. In other countries, we have got the technology to bring down the drone. But in Canada, what we do is we can report where the pilot is and then dispatch some security or what have you to go and, and obviously inform him that he's breaking, re breaking regulations and he needs to land the drone. Okay, that's really incredible yeah. because these drones... In many cases, they're not very large, right? Like, so I've seen some that are fairly small, fairly compact. Can can this gizmo even detect those from such a long distance away? That's incredible. It is indeed. Yeah, it's um, it's all based on uh, radio frequency, so it's picking up the radio frequency um, control between the drone and the hand controller that the pilot has. And if it can't pick up one, it can still pick up the other. Um, and it can pick those up, yes, from great distances. Many of the drones that are used, you know, are the DJI, sort of the Phantoms. That's the white one that we've probably all seen. And you're right, they're not much bigger than a dinner plate. Um, but still, they can fly for 25 minutes. They can fly at about 60, 70 kilometers an hour. So they can cover a, a wide area. Okay, so this uh, this unit, this technology, it can it can identify the location of the drone. So I guess it can measure what the altitude, the speed, where which way it's heading, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yep, it tells you its GPS coordinates now and its GPS coordinates since it picked it up. So you can track a path for where it's going. It can identify the speed that the drone's moving at and the exact altitude. But in addition to that, with most of the D well, with all of the DJI drones, it can actually read out the serial number, the make and model, and, and if it's been registered, then from that serial number, we can't tell who the person who's flying it, but the authorities could dig into the registration and then find out um, who it is who's actually flying it. Wow, wow. And also the location of the pilot, like whoever is controlling the drone on the ground by remote control, it can even, it can even track that and identify, pinpoint that? It can. It can pinpoint oh. the pilot who's controlling the drone down to two meters accuracy. So, Whoa. you know, you can you can give the, the authorities an exact location where that person is. Okay, so they tried out this technology recently at the Abbotsford Air Show, and uh, did it pick up a lot of drones in the area? And we weren't sure what we were going to find, because there was a big um, press push by both Transport Canada and Abbotsford um, Air Show to, you know, leave your drone at home was the big right. message, and trying to put out that it, uh, it really is important that people don't fly them here. However, through the course of the event, we picked up over eight um, drones in and around the area. So it's, you know, the message was out there and I, I, we didn't ha actually have any on the airfield, which was great. But we did pick up seven or eight, which could have easily um, reached the airfield had they been pointed in that direction. Okay, you mentioned that other countries can bring down a drone, but we don't do that in Canada. How do you bring down a drone? Like shoot it down? Hopefully not. So ballistic right. measures are um, possible. So you could shoot it down. That, that's more of a military type situation. Yeah. So we uh, manufacture and deploy equipment um, outside of North America that brings down a drone in a different method. So it's, uh, it's using to detect the same kind of RF um, detection that we used at Abbotsford Air Show. It can also be equipped with a radar as well. Um, but by bringing it down, what they do is they actually block that RF link. So they jam the signal between the pilot and the um, hand con and, and the drone, hence cutting that off, which usually in most instances will get the, re the drone to return to home. However, if, if it's more sophisticated than that and, um, and it's been programmed not to return to home, we can then block the, dro the drone's GPS. So it jams its GPS, 
Now the drone doesn't know where it is or where it's going, so it can't continue on with its mission to wreak whatever mayhem it may have. And then the final method we have um, is we actually spoof a signal. So we're sending up a false command. And basically, it's a little bit like hacking on, you know, it's it, we're, we're trying to interrupt the, the processing that's going on and give it a false signal, which tells it to land. So whilst they are countermeasures to bring a drone down, they're fairly soft. They're not hard countermeasures. We're not shooting a net or sending a right. falcon or, you know, starting to shoot bullets at it. Right. Well, it's super interesting stuff you guys are doing out there. And we've been hearing about you guys today in our newscasts because you had this drone delivery of medication. Tell us what happened. We actually delivered uh, prescription medication from uh, Duncan on Vancouver Island all the way to Salt Spring. This is a first for uh, North America and definitely in Canada where the prescription drugs were actually dispatched by a pharmacist direct to a patient's home. So um, in this instance, we flew uh, a little over 11 kilometers. It was mostly over the ocean and um, the delivery took a little over 10 minutes. So you can imagine we're saving quite a lot of time here and with prescription medicine, it's uh, time is always of the essence. So we were able to do this uh, delivery again, as I say, of prescription drugs and uh, the drone flew beyond visual line of sight on a fully autonomous route. There was a pilot in the loop, of course, just making sure everything was safe, but the drone um, was dispatched from the Duncan pharmacist and came all the way over the, uh, the, the channel there and then landed in the yard of the, um, of the patient's home where he was able to remove the, uh, the medication from the saddlebags that we'd put on the side of the drone and close it up. And then when he stepped back, the drone recognized it was clear to take off. It sends its little warning out and then takes off to the skies and returns back to, uh, to the nearest London drugs, ready for its next mission. Okay, that's amazing. So what, what could this kind of technology be used for in the future? Um, I think this uh, was a really great demonstration of the ability for a drone to be able to carry out a vital and important mission. So here, if you imagine, in this instance, the drone was delivering prescription medications from a pharmacist direct to a patient's home. But in the future, there's no uh, limitations to that. Because the drone is flown completely over cellular rather than radio, it can basically go anywhere where a cellular connection can be found. So if you're off hiking in the mountains, let's say, and maybe stung by a bee and desperately need that EpiPen, you could go to your app, which admittedly hasn't been developed yet, but I think this is the first step towards it. Maybe it's a London Drugs app, you open it up, you put in your situation, and then a pharmacist at whichever is the nearest London Drugs, or maybe it's the nearest fire department even, loads in the, uh, the EpiPen and dispatches it directly to the GPS coordinates on your phone. So you can uh, be up there in, in your mountain, the drone will fly at uh, 50 to 80 kilometers an hour direct to you and land and dispatch the medications so you can uh, return back home safely. Interesting stuff, Philip. Thanks for coming on to talk about it today. It's been a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you very much. All right, that was Philip Reese. He's the CEO of Indro Robotics. They're a local company. They got offices in Vancouver, Victoria, and Salt Spring Island.